One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 52. Today on the podcast, my guest is Natalie Shepard. Natalie is a handmade brand consultant and the creator of Studio Shepard. A hand weaver by training, she went from not knowing anything about business to landing a job for a local creative startup where she ended up as COO when the company got a deal on ABC's Shark Tank. Her business, Studio Shepherd, is a community and business resource all about helping impact-driven makers and conscious product-based businesses scale intentionally to the success they define, all while integrating the life they dream. In this episode, we're talking about something that is vitally important to all small businesses, building your business around your customer. This conversation was such a great one that you're definitely going to want to take notes. Or just check out the show notes at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 52. In this episode, we talked about why getting clear on your values is a prerequisite for really getting to know your ideal customer, how getting clear on your ideal customer is just plain efficient, four categories to think about when it comes to your ideal customer, where to actually find your ideal customer, what you can learn about your ideal customer by looking inside yourself how to know if your business might be out of alignment, and much, much more. If you're interested in this topic, Natalie has just launched a new online course and community called The Customer-Centric Studio. Designed for makers and creatives, this program will help you get to know your ideal customer so well, they'll do your marketing for you. She's offering a discount of 15% off to listeners of this podcast. If you're listening to this on release day, you'll want to snag this opportunity today as the cart is closing tonight. If not, hang on to this discount code for the next time she launches this offer. Get on the waitlist or sign up at studioshepherd.com. The link directly to the course is in the show notes. And to get that 15% off discount, use the code MAKINGGOOD15. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. Here is our conversation. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. So today we are talking about the customer journey and like really getting to know our ideal customer. This is something that I've alluded to. I've gone into a little bit of detail about in past episodes, but we have not really like gone full out on it yet. So I think it's really exciting that we're going to have a whole episode about this with someone who sort of this is their expertise. So thank you for being here. Yes. I would love to start by a quick introduction to you. What do you do now? Where did you come from? How did you end up doing the work you do now? 
Yes, thank you. So my background really started uh, in college. I got an art degree where I had an emphasis on hand weaving. I um, to back it up just a, a little bit more, just for more context, as I started off in college as a, a biology degree, where I wanted to be go on to be a vet. I was pre vet. I went two years in the science building and basically hated every minute of it (laughs) and realized that I was not in alignment with what I wanted to do moving forward and honestly avoided the art building or the art degree and looked through, you know, should I go into business or marketing or, um, you know, nursing or anything else, but was really landed on with the support from friends and family and thing that art was where I was supposed to be. So um, I went into the art building and learned about weaving and ceramics and um, composition and all the, all the fun, like lovely pieces, parts of art um, and loved every minute of it. But then after I graduated, I realized that I had no idea how to make money, make an income doing what I love and what I learned there. We didn't, really get taught much about business, which I hope to one day go back and help <laughs> help change that. Um, but I started, I worked some odd jobs. I worked in a vet clinic. I worked at a retail, um, kind of stumbling around trying to figure out what I wanted to do because I didn't, I didn't want to be a teacher. And that was really the only thing that I could think of <laughs> to do with an art degree. But fortunately, um, I landed a job with a local startup company where they were making wooden men's accessories. We did 100% of the production in-house, which was really cool to see as a handmade product. I went from you know helping them make these products, um, becoming their first full-time employee, and ultimately becoming the CEO of this company that was scaling super quickly, um, all the way to the point where we were on Shark Tank, which was a crazy experience. Um, so fun. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, we got a deal, so people are always asking that. Um, it was a. It was an amazing experience, all about um, growing and scaling and supporting a team and and all these fun things. I went on with this company to or these owners to open another company with them um, as the marketing director. So I learned a lot about marketing through there and an ideal customer and got a lot of hands-on experience across the board. And that's where I, I pull all of my, or a lot of, you know, what I've learned and being able to see all these different aspects of how a, a successful business is, can, can run and the possibilities and the, um, you know, the scrappiness and, and all the things. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, I was missing a piece of the handmade, um, more solopreneur, like these were businesses built to scale like and scale quickly. And that is, that is awesome. And I really value scalability, but, um, I, I view brands or my ideal customer is someone who wants to build a brand that is all about, um, you know, doing what lights them up, sharing their, their values and their skills with the world, um, for impact, for positive impact. And I, I wanted to open my own, um, my own consultancy to do just that. And so I work one-on-one with um, brands and conscious product-based businesses and makers specifically so that, you know, I can help them with the tools and the resources and the, the mindset for, for growing and, and scaling their businesses. 
Awesome. So let's jump right into this. Why do you love talking about finding your ideal customer? Why is it so important that we get clear on this? So I believe that as small businesses, as you know, a a lot of us are very short on time and money and resources as, you know, small teams or solopreneurs that, you know, we don't have these huge teams of marketing and executives and a team for everything. Um, And so I think it's so important to have a customer centric brand because that the more, the more we know who our idol customer is and we, um, we serve them well and we communicate with them, we, we create that relationship and that trust factor, the, the more that they are going to be doing the marketing for us. They're going to be our brand advocates. They're going to share with their friends and family and, and post on social and all these things to where, you know, we don't have to spend as much time and money on on marketing initiatives and we better know how to communicate with them so our content you know we do that quicker and we um it just really everything starts to click into place to where as small businesses i believe it's for i mean in my personal opinion it's the best um best way about uh positioning your your brand mhm yeah yeah i love your point about the efficiency angle of really knowing your target customer, your ideal customer. That's something I hadn't really, I guess, articulated to myself before, but it is true. Like when you're not clear, we're going to spend kind of so much time flailing around, trying different things, trying different messaging and just waiting to see what sticks. But when you get really super clear on who you're talking to, what they care about you just use your time a lot, a lot better and you're not, you know, wasting as much trying to figure things out and trying to see what sticks. So I love that point. Yeah. You get your impact out there uh, quicker and, and more effectively. And you're just allowing, you're, you're building a community and you know, it's not for everybody. I mean, not every business is built with like this customer centric mindset, but I do feel like, I mean, I don't think people disagree that to serve your, you should serve your customer well in business. But just with whatever you're doing, whether it's creating products or um, creating content or, you know, the figuring out your customer experience or your online presence, like if you keep it so dialed into who your customer is and every step of the way, the way they feel supported and a part of a community and like actually taking ownership of, you know, within your brand, that's where like that click happens and, and we can get back to being the visionary of our brand and spend less time working on all these little spaghetti noodles, trying different things Mm -hmm. because we better know um, what to do and and can discern better what to do in our businesses. Yeah. So good. So let's sort of start from the beginning. Like let's say someone is a, I always try to come up with an example and I always come up with jewelry maker. So I'm going to come up with something else. I don't know why (laughs) I don't make jewelry. Um, okay. Let's say I make candles and Mm -hmm. I'm maybe just early in the process of starting my business, or I feel like maybe I've been doing it a while, but like, I'm ready to take it more seriously. Where do we start when it comes to, I guess the, the underlying assumption that we're having is one of the first things you want to do when you're ready to like really take your business seriously is get clear on who your ideal customer is. So let's say that, like I said, I'm a candle maker. I'm in this space of, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get serious. 
where do I start when it comes to getting clear around this person, this target audience um, that we really want to talk to? Yeah, to take it one kind of step back, the the one prerequisite to knowing who your idol customer is, is getting clear on your own brand values. Because everything that you are going to be putting out into the world and what you stand for, what you want to be known for, what people are going to be saying about you, um, it all stems like you get to dictate that because it's your business. And so getting clear on what you value and what you want to uphold within your brand is going to set the tone because I see a lot of makers and handmade businesses especially start off by making something that they love or what some, you know, as making something as a gift or what somebody asked them to make. And sometimes we can go down that path and just think we, we see the possibility, which is a great first step of, Oh, this could be something, but we, we forget to stop and ask, okay, you know, I, I do, if I want this to be a business, um, I get to dictate what, you know, what I am going to be all about. So I think you've talked about this on your podcast, but really defining some brand values would be a great first step for, um, before you jump into your idle customer, because I, <laughs> I'm a firm believer that you are your idle customer. And so the first thing that I like to think about is the psychographics and really psychographics are the things that, um, your mentality on life, what the things that you value, your interests, your aspirations, uh, the pain points, things that are you hanging up. And I believe this is the most important factor when it comes to identifying your ideal customer because um, the, another one is demographics. And I feel like your demographics can be different among um, your ideal customer, but the mentality of them should all be similar. So for example, if you are the, a candle maker and you um, really value clean like clean candles with high quality ingredients, um, you know, some other factors of your life, like your mentality would be, okay, you, you don't, you have a non-toxic lifestyle or you um, make sure to not eat a bunch of processed food and you care about wellness and self-care. Um, those are, those are the mentality of somebody that across the board, you might be able to resonate with an idle customer that's, you know, in her fifties and, and pursuing that journey or someone in their twenties. And, um, so I think the demographics can more fluidly change among them, but knowing who they are as this, as this whole person and what they care about, it's, it's the motivator of what's going to, um, you're going to be able to connect with them, create that relationship. And then ultimately it's going to be the motivator for them to take action, whether that's to buy your products or to get inspired to make a healthier lifestyle choice or, um, to get involved and and create a bigger impact, which is which is what we're going for. So, yeah, psychographics I believe is is the most important factor to consider when um, when trying to nail down and define your ideal customer. Okay, so great. So we have the psychographics, and we talked a little bit about the demographics. Um, what are the other kind of categories that we want to look at? So it's psychographics, the demographics, aesthetic. And overall, just the trust factor, because someone could have the, the right mentality, the similar mentality as you value the same things that you're providing within your brand. Um, they could be within your demographics. They could uh, like love and really resonate with your aesthetic. 
Um, and it makes sense for them to visualize that your product in their home and in their life. But yet, if they don't trust you, they're still not going to click buy and ultimately not be an idle customer. But the thing is, we can work on on that trust factor through things like our content and our customer experience and um, creating that relationship with them. So it's just a good good thing to note that trust um, is is huge when it comes to building like a customer centric brand. Um, being consistent is a is a really um, something simple that you may have heard before, but there's so much power in being consistent and doing what you say you're going to do. So that combination of psychographics, demographics, aesthetic, and and trust is really what's going to make somebody an ideal customer. Okay. So we're a little candle business. We are clear on our ideal customer. Let's say they are like you said, like you suggested, like in very eco-conscious, they're using really simple, clean ingredients. Um, our, we know that our audience cares about that. They have probably other things about their life that um, kind of reflect this interest in environmental responsibility and non-toxic things. Where do we go find them? Good question. So <laughs> the easiest answer, which people are like, oh, this is not helpful, um, is that where where are you hanging out? What are the things like what what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Think about why why you're listening to those things. Like, is it helping you um, get inspired or um, learn, like be educated, more educated on, um, you know, herbs or uh, ways of living more non-toxic and uh, doing it in a way that feels good to you. So take note of where you're hanging out and where you're consuming information and getting inspired. And I guarantee you that there's going to be some idle customers hanging out in those places too. Um, but sometimes we don't, we're not consciously really doing that for ourselves. And so just getting in tune with thinking about the person that you aspire to be, because sometimes when it doesn't feel like your idle customer is you necessarily, it might be because they are the person like you aspire to be. So I would start thinking about um, the person who you aspire to be. And what are some of those things that are holding you back? I'm trying to find resources to help support that. So uh, for example, with this candle company, um, or this ideal customer that cares about clean living and, and wellness and um, are more, you know, equally eco-conscious. Uh, think about other brands that have those, uphold those same values, either brands, communities, or people um, are the main categories that I look into um, that uphold those same values. And you're going to start seeing, um, seeing your ideal customers hanging out in those spots too. And so once you get there, I would recommend, you know, engaging, commenting. I mean, social media is, you know, Instagram in particular is a, a main platform that you're using for your own marketing. I, for your brand, I would uh, make sure to engage, um, introduce yourself, comment on their stories so that they can get your messages easier, um, share their posts and tag them so that, you know, you, you already start this uh, cross promotion of your audience's. And, and really just start to create a relationship with them. Like, don't be spammy. Nobody likes that. But, but to, to get to know them better and actually see if they are being trustworthy themselves too. Um, and you're almost, you know, you're just 
you're finding brands that uh, really align with with your values um, as well and could end up being good you know partnerships in the future or just resources to send your your idle customers to if you don't specifically talk I mean you're a candle maker you don't talk about wellness but you can say you know your your customers are um, uh, interested in information around there you can say check out this um, this account that I found or this community um, or check out this other brand um, say it's a you know a hundred uh, percent organic cotton bedding brand or something like that where you guys are upholding the same values and you're both caring about the materials and the ingredients that you use and and all these things and that would make a very complimentary brand for you to um, build a relationship with and where your idle customers are hanging out mm-hmm. I feel like not everyone who talks about ideal customer talks about it with this sort of like underlining basis of values and I really like that that's obviously very consistent with what we're all about on this podcast mm-hmm. but I think it is a way of kind of reaching people on a deeper level is when you really know what like motivates them. What do they care about? Yeah. I feel like it's just such a, it's such a good take on the conversation because it's just a way of reaching people at a deeper level and um, understanding them at a deeper level. Yeah. I feel like it's more, it's a way of doing business. I think it, in my opinion, is the best way of doing business. Um, Like I said at the beginning, but it's, it's doing a business in a way that what, you know, like you said, what you're all about is you are going to be creating an impact within your customers' lives, whether that's bringing joy, positivity, inspiration, um, information, um, making their days better. But then, you know, there's a, there's a trickle effect to that. Um, you know, working with other brands, bringing awareness to, to issues and causes that you care about. Um, I, I think that that should be our goal for small, I mean, all businesses, but specifically, um, small businesses doing good, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I know that anyone listening to this will resonate with that pretty (laughs) deeply. Um, I also want to kind of dig into this conversation a little bit more about finding these people. So, um, you talked about like, so social media is one thing kind of engaging, with people when you find them um, sort of something we talk about on this podcast a bit is the golden rule. So if you would want people to share your posts, like that might be a good thing to do for someone else. So just thinking about like, what would you want um, when it comes to like support and doing that for others? Mm -hmm. Um, What about some of the other platforms? Like is, do you view social media as pretty much the main way to find and attract your ideal customers or are there other approaches that you take, whether it's like search or Pinterest or, um, you know, you mentioned what podcast do they listen to? Like, do you do advertising? Like what, what outside of that kind of like organic social media engagement do you think about? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that this also needs to stem from you personally kind of take it, take a minute for a second and, and not think about the idol customer and, and think about which it will probably align because you are your idol customer, but um, think about the platforms that you enjoy being on um, that come more easily to you. So whether that's um, engaging in Facebook groups or being on Instagram, LinkedIn is another area, especially for, you know, 
finding other uh, brands and, and communities. Um, Pinterest is a huge one for generating traffic um, because your idle customers are most likely as small businesses and creatives. They're most likely on there. Um, but, you know, we can't do all of them. And, you know, maybe at some point, but especially when we're strapped for time and, you know, maybe we're solopreneurs at the moment, um, focusing on two, maybe three. Um, email marketing is also a, a huge passion of mine. But when you're going to to go look for your idle customers, that doesn't really resonate. What you're wanting to do is once they find you, they get on your email list. So um, some of these other ones where you can show up, um, I would I would start with you and think about which ones you are more you know, naturally like more where um, you want to show up and you enjoy being there. And then also once you start getting some you know some sales, I'm all about looking at the analytics and, and seeing what the actual numbers are because that can tell us a lot about um, you know if we're being effective in our marketing or if we are resonating in the right way that we we want to be. So. Uh, if you look at your analytics and you say, okay, I'm getting um, a lot of traffic or engagement um, on on Pinterest, but yet I've been spending all my time on Instagram, you know, like maybe I put some more some more effort into Pinterest and and thinking through a strat a customer centric strategy for there, um, thinking about what kind of boards and topics and keywords that they would resonate with. And it's just about, it's about bringing that back to your mind. So you pick out where you, you know, what you enjoy, where you want to hang out, and then you layer on your idle customer and and get back into, okay, how can I serve them? Well, I would always um, start with that similar to your golden rule there, like start with service. Um, like don't ask a don't ask for anything up front um, until you until you serve type of things. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, I'm also curious about this idea of your ideal customer being like the same as you. I feel like sometimes the ideal customer is not always you. Maybe it's like a past version of you or um, maybe not relevant at all. Maybe this is less common with product-based businesses. Um, but do you have any tips on some ways of like really getting to know our target customer, what they care about, all of that good stuff, if maybe they're not like a complete overlap of who we are? Yeah, I would, I would first take uh, kind of a hard look at, at what you're doing and, and your personal fulfillment. And if you're enjoying what you're doing, because with, with my experience and in my clients and the businesses that I work for specifically, so I'm talking to people who either make their own products or they have designed them themselves and have figured out sourcing and, you know, they're consciously creating products that they want to bring into the world. And if you don't feel like you're your idol customer, and you feel like you are trying to serve this this whole other customer base, I would look and see if there's an alignment issue with with your brand because you know you a lot of us get started and we're doing this and because we are fulfilling a need that you know we didn't see in in the world and um, it, or is something that lights us up and and we can tell our own story along the way 
And so I would ask yourself, you know, do you, I mean, are you doing what you love? Not that we love every single aspect of business, but is what you're doing lighting you up? Do you feel like you are staying true to your own like personal, you know, personal values and brand values should be fairly similar. Um, if not the same, I don't know your take on that, but, um, I would ask yourself if you're creating for somebody else, like why? (laughs) Because, um, it's going to just be that much harder to, to really connect with somebody. So for example, I did my handwoven goods and it takes so long <laughs> to hand weave products that I was finding I would, I would be creating something and to be able to price for profitability and, you know, really set up myself as a business, my products were taking like hours and hours to complete and, um, you know, doing my pricing formula and to be able to make a profit, I would have to price them at, you know, $500 or more and for, you know, something fairly functional and function was a a big value of mine when it came to my products. And so I looked at it and I'm like, I, this isn't in alignment for what, who I want Mm -hmm. to be serving. I don't resonate with somebody, which is fine for somebody who can spend $500 on a scarf, you know? Um, And so I needed to get more in alignment with, okay, my process Um, like actually how I'm creating like products that make sense um, so that I can create things uh, in more of alignment. It's still functional, but it doesn't take me as much time and it's serving like serving people like me. It's filling a need um, for people like me because I'm my idle customer. So hopefully that helps you think through, okay, for yourself, am I doing, um, am I creating products? Am I, building a business that, um, aligns with, yeah, again, back to, back to values and what you want to be known for, um, in this world and then go, go from there. Cause I would, if I had to guess, um, there might be some, some issues there if you don't feel like you're your idle customer. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just a really interesting take because, um, Yeah, I think this, I think what you're saying is especially true with product-based businesses, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking like of like service-based businesses, like a graphic designer or, um, you know, I don't even know. Like a local business or a photographer or yeah, like there's, I feel like there are a lot of businesses where you might not feel like exactly like you might have the same values, but either the stage of life that you're in or whatever, like maybe you don't feel like your product or your audience, your ideal audience, your ideal customer is a reflection of like you or where you've been. For example, like if I was a wedding photographer, right. Mm-hmm. And I've never been married. Like, yeah. Um, but I feel like the same logic kind of applies where it's like, um, Basically, you just really want to get to know this person inside and out. If it Mm -hmm. is you, that's like a huge advantage that you have because you know yourself. You can ask yourself these questions. You can really dig into what motivates you. If it's not, though, I feel like actually the same process that you're describing works. And that's something that we've talked about on this podcast is just like 
you just ask the person, like if you can picture, like if you have a past client who's like your ideal customer and you know, they, you love working with them, you, they love your product. They really resonate with your message. Like get on the phone with them and ask them a bunch of questions. Like where do they spend their time? What motivates them? Um, what do they read? Who do they like to follow? Like just trying to get in their head. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously as you say, like it's such an advantage if that's you, but if it's not you, the same thing applies. Just ask them, you know, ask them those questions. Yeah. And I think what you might be talking more about is, you know, yeah, the end, like the interests and the demographics might not be you. Whereas even if you're a wedding photographer and you have never been married, I would think your mentality would be very, very similar, like back to that being kind of the most important factor that if you value, um, the aesthetic of, um, being super bold and, and kind of graphic in an urban environment. And, you know, like you're going to be portraying your aesthetic and that's the, you know, another factor. Um, and you're going to be resonating with those people who value that kind of, um, I mean, that's specific to aesthetic, but like they're going to value that you are thinking about the, um, the overall experience of maybe the photo shoot and where the vent, like the venue and props and, and things like that. So I think exactly what you said for, for some of those other things that you're like, Oh, I might not know them fully. And to, to, can you to continue to be like a lifelong learner of who they are and, and just getting more and more like data basically is exactly what you said. Like, asking them, getting on the phone with them. If it's on Instagram, pulling them, asking questions. I mean, I do that all the time. I love that you brought that up because I'm like, yeah, I think that I would want this, but you know, maybe they are in a different section or a different piece of their business journey and they might be needing something else right now, um, which we're on the same wavelength as far as what we value in business, but the actual, you know, specifics might change depending, like you said, on the journey and where you are. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, and yeah, that's, I, this is just such an interesting point that like, I feel like what we're both kind of circling around to is if your values of like, if what you care about is not the same as who you're talking to in terms of your ideal client, that is probably where there might be some misalignment happening. Um, and so, I feel like that is just such an important thing for people to have in mind. And then also to like, to kind of, if they feel like they've nailed their ideal client to kind of lean into that, like, I know personally, I'm speaking as Lauren, like I know what I care about. And that's like I'm thinking about my stationary brand. That's like really quality materials. It's like, you know, obviously there is an impact of producing a product, but like making that impact as low as possible environmentally. Um, simple, beautiful design. Like these are things that I care about and just sort of like having the faith that people who resonate with my product, who are my ideal customer also care about those things. That's really helpful when it comes to like marketing and messaging and just knowing what to say. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, such a great point. And obviously I'm so on board with this conversation around values mm -hmm. and I love that you've kind of incorporated it so tightly into your, um, your process for ideal customer. Yeah. A couple, maybe red flags when you're thinking, well, what, you know, how do I know if I'm not in alignment? Um, obviously 
there's some big, big, big flags out there. They don't necessarily all mean that um, you're not speaking to your idle customer. But when you see things like, obviously, you know, the sales aren't coming in, or you're not getting engagement on um, whether it's an email or a um, a pen or a social media post, like where you're marketing, you're not seeing the response that you'd hoped. Um, you know, be- behind the um, the idle customer is like obviously making sure you're hanging out with they're hanging out. Um, you're communicating those values. Um, what I was going to say, you're hanging out where they hang out. But then number two is like your brand messaging and making sure that now that you've defined them and now that you know who your idle customer is, it's up to you to communicate that to them through your visuals and through your content. And so that's an area. So after making sure that you know your idle customer, then the next step would be to, um, to, to look at your brand, your brand messaging to see if what you are thinking all in your head, because sometimes we get so into our heads as business owners and entrepreneurs that um, we're not, we're thinking it and we're not actually communicating it effectively. So that would be my next Mm -hmm. step. Yeah. So great. Um, Let's talk about doing good, which is the angle that we take on this podcast. When it comes to small business, um, how do you approach doing good through your small business? I believe that I just love this idea of the the chain effect of that. If I'm going to show up and serve, like serving is one of my brand values. Um, it's one of my main ones. And so if I'm going to show up and serve and my ideal customers are also so impact driven um, creatives, uh, if I can serve them well and I can help them make the impact they want to make, then my mission is even um, further you know, it's exponentially going to to make an impact on the world. But I, I really love being able to help small businesses, especially makers and and product based businesses, grow to where they can um, they can hire on team members, they can get studio paid space, they can be the visionary of their brand so that um, they uh, can scale and and obviously make more impact in their business, but also the impact of just providing more jobs and growing small businesses across the globe um, and being able to contribute to the economy and and take up a bigger piece of that in the world. Amazing. Let's transition into some of the wrap-up questions. What is one business that you admire? There's so many. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) oh, all of my clients. I'm like, oh, I love you so much. Um, A brand that really... I always reference and just stuck out to me because I uh, learned about them basically before I started my consultancy um, is a brand called Wild Bird. And they are, which you might be interested in this, they are a baby mm. ring sling company. And uh. yes, they, uh, first of all, I love, I loved wearing my babies in the ring sling and they just, they were close to me. It was easy to put on. It was easy to grab. It was, I love the aesthetic of their personal aesthetic aligns with mine. Um, uh, as far as like the colors and the patterns and things, but they're just very transparent. They're, um, very positive. They tell the story of how they, they make the fabric and they go to the places where it's produced and they, you know, 
they know where it's made. Like they've gone and they tell the story of of the actual weaving of the fabric and the materials and the cotton where it's grown and the linen and and all these things. And then they bring it back. Um, so they do some of that overseas and then they bring it back and and they have um, like moms and and daughters and and women seamstresses all over the U.S. Um, sew them for for the brand and, and they are continually adding more, more teams like that. And, um, just very transparent. And, uh, I love, love that they, what they stand for and that they tell a full story. Yeah. Of their brand. I love that. I am so excited to go look into them. Awesome. Yes, please do. <laughs> what is a book you would recommend when it comes to this conversation or just in general? I would say, and this is such an easy read and it's made such a big impact um, in my own business, but the book is called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg um, and John David Mann. And it's, it's, a, it's a story about um, business and this idea of like just giving. I mean, it's, it's self-explanatory, but there's, there's some surprises within the book and it, it, I really think it can apply to anybody's life. It doesn't have to be business, but... Um, they do have a lot of business, like within the story, it talks about them, the businesses being um, the givers. So, um, and the people behind the businesses. So it's, it's one of my absolute favorites. Amazing. That is a new one to me. I am excited to go look into it. I think you, I think you'd love it. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, let's talk about you, where people can find you and connect with you. And before maybe you talk about contact details, I know that you have a course coming up that, well, by the time this episode airs, the course will be available probably. And it's all about this topic we've been talking about, the ideal customer. So can you just share a tiny bit about that course and uh, maybe where people can go if they're interested in learning more and then generally where people could connect with you? Yeah, definitely. I have been deep into this whole, everything we've talked about today and just realizing how big of a passion it, it is of mine to um, teach this way of doing business and, and just explore it further. And, um, I've been doing it with my clients and I've taken pieces of it from that, that past work experience I was talking about, but just the idea of being a customer centric brand. And so the course is called the customer centric studio, where it's a, it's a core self-paced course and a community, a Slack community where we can go through the material together. You can ask questions within, within the community, but, um, it, it dives into a lot of this stuff that maybe if you haven't thought about some of the things we talked about today, um, I, we go through brand values and we, we talk about all the different factors of an ideal customer. And we, we have some strategies for figuring out where they're hanging out and what to do and, and how your ideal customer plays a role and how to make them play a role in every facet of your business. So just kind of, it, it keeps the customer at the center and really helps, um, to guide you as you are, are, exploring and growing your brand to be one that, I mean, ultimately can make sales easier and quicker and with less time and money by um, utilizing a community and and serving them well. So that's what the the course is all about. You can find that at uh, studioshepherd.com. I'd love to extend, since this will be live, a um, a 15% discount code to your listeners um, that I will provide for you. Yes, I think uh, 
the fact that we're doing this podcast together and the people that are listening to it, I think is a perfect example of that we are attracting our idle customers by, um, t- you know, making resources and education and inspiration around doing good and being impactful businesses. So I'm really excited. Um, I really appreciate you being, um, allowing me to be here uh, to talk about this stuff. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on. Um, and we're going to chat about whatever the process is for that discount. And I will announce it when I do the intro and the, and the closing for the podcast. So. Absolutely. Besides that, uh, I am, I love my Instagram. So that's where you'll find me um, hanging out at, at studio underscore shepherd. Um, so you might look at that in the podcast podcast notes. Shepherd is spelled S H E P H E R D. Um, and yeah, shoot me a DM. I'd love to meet you and, um, talk about, talk about, uh, doing good in business. Awesome. Natalie, thank you so much. I am so excited about this episode. I feel like it cannot be overstated how important it is to really get clear and intentional about your ideal customer. So I'm glad we got to do this deep dive and thank you for sharing all of your expertise and knowledge so generously. I am so grateful and I know everyone's going to love this episode. You're so welcome. I loved every minute of it. So thank you. I loved chatting all things ideal customer with Natalie. This is such a foundational topic in marketing, and I promise it will make your marketing efforts so much more effective and efficient. Again, if you're interested in joining her program, the Customer Centric Studio, she's offering a discount of 15% off to listeners of this podcast. Use the code MAKINGGOOD15, MAKINGGOOD15. If you're listening to this on release day, you'll want to sign up immediately as the cart is closing tonight. And if not, hang on to the discount code for the next time she launches this offer. You can get on the wait list or sign up at studioshepherd.com or the link directly to the course is in the show notes. Also, we talked a lot in this episode about how getting clear on your values is step one to doing any of this work on your ideal customer. I have a free workbook designed to help you walk through this process. You can download it for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash goodbusiness. I know that Natalie and I would both love to connect with you on Instagram to get your ideas on this. You can reach Natalie at studio underscore shepherd and me at Lauren Tilden. You can find links to the resources discussed in this episode on the show notes page over at makinggoodpodcast.com slash five two. If this is your first time tuning in and you're interested in hearing more about my businesses, check out my plant inspired stationery company, Good Sheila at goodsheila.com or Seattle Retail Shop Station 7 at station7seattle.com. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.